everyone, welcome back to Dissecting Dexter. I'm your host, Gareth Watkins, bringing you part two of our coverage of New Blood, episode four, H is for Hero. If you're listening to this and you haven't heard our review of H is for Hero, Travis Shefflin joined me and we broke it down and we went pretty long talking about the episode. And so uh, once we were done talking about the feedback as well, we ran for... I think it was just over two hours and uh, I didn't feel like I could put a podcast out that was two hours long. So thinking of your own comfort and and your listening pleasure, I've split it into two. So if you check the feed, you'll see part one is our review, just breaking down the episode. And what you're about to hear now is us responding to the listener feedback. We've got some great emails, some great voicemails and, uh, and we dig into them. So... Let's just crack on, shall we? Here we go. Listener feedback. Let's get into the feedback, shall we? We got we got some emails and some voicemails to go through. As always, uh, you guys can email dissectingdexter at gmail.com. Just like our friend Mike Lanich did, did. He writes, I'll start out this email by saying that this is easily the best episode of the season so far. The pacing was spot on and the plot was compelling for each major character. None is more compelling, of course, than Harrison's story. There is still so much we don't know, and this episode raises more questions. We know he's incredibly intelligent, given that he has listened to Molly's episode on the Trinity Killer and appears to have done so more than once. We have to ask whether there is an episode on the Bay Harbor Butcher. Has Harrison managed to use that big brain of his to put these pieces together and come looking for Dexter to get confirmation? Could he be here not only to get that, but also to get some revenge for his abandonment, his mother's death, and all of the trauma he suffered with no family he could find or rely on, assuming Aster and Cody are not in the picture. Right. Watching Dexter's spidey sense going off at the school and then putting the pieces together was great old school Dexter. Deb also helping him figure it out and the way they staged the scene impressed me. But for someone who never wanted this for Harrison, He sure does seem somewhat proud with a smile or two when I didn't expect any. I find it odd that we haven't had one bit of dialogue about Hannah since early in episode two. It's as if the writers want us to forget about that and any other details he's given Dexter as much as possible. Is it possible that Hannah isn't even dead? Maybe Harrison's story is just part of his manufactured backstory for dad. Which leads us to the central part of this whole episode. Harrison's amazing acting job. It seems he may have just surpassed his father in that regard. A Dexter 2.0, the serial killer version of the T-1000 versus the T-100 in Terminator 2. After just a few weeks in town, he's managed to turn himself into the very thing that Dexter always wanted to be. A hero, lest we remember Dexter's adulation parade. While that was a fantasy in his head, this is real. Well, real enough. Was Ethan simply someone that could be used by Harrison? a way to create a public persona so admired as to deflect any questions down the road. Does Harrison also love the idea of getting a steady stream of love and adulation? There are plenty of complex questions, but none more in my mind than how much Harrison knows about Dexter, Trinity, his mother, and what really happened. My guess is that he knows quite a bit or has a pretty solid theory. Maybe he is the dark defender, the seeker of justice, and dear old dad is next on his list. Slash table. Extra thoughts. Harrison having and using Trinity's choice of weapon is terrifying. Is this the first time he's used it? Probably not. 
He seems like a smart, tidy monster. Angela, back to not asking questions. I know Ethan's case doesn't look good, but she's swallowing this a little too easy, like she did with Matt. We don't get that last bit of the conversation between Kurt and the girl at the end. Confirmation he's the sniper or red herring. Why offer her a job at the restaurant in the first place if he's just going to kill her? Jennifer Carpenter killing it yet again. I know the others don't like it, but I like the combination of funny slash demented slash subdued Deb. Plenty to chew on and I'm loving it. Thanks, Mike. Great thoughts as always. So let's see. Does Harrison know the story of the Bay Harbour Butcher and has put things together with what he may have heard from Hannah to think it was his dad? It's certainly possible. Hannah's certainly not been mentioned for a while, although listeners have been providing theories about what really happened to her. Did Harrison do her in? How much did she te- did she tell him about his dad? Mike, you ask whether Harrison is just here for revenge. Does he mean to eventually kill Dexter out of anger for the abandonment and blaming him for his mother's murder? Do you have any thoughts on that, Travis? Oh, I don't know. Herod. Harrison. On the spot there, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 not on the spot. The whole time you're reading, I'm I'm actively listening, thinking, all right, how do I feel about this? And I'm not <laughs> on the spot. Uh, I don't know. Harrison killing Dexter. I've, I've heard people say that, right? It's going to end with Harrison killing Dexter. Or maybe the, the heartbreaking twist, Dexter has to kill Harrison. I don't know if I, if I don't know if I believe any of that. Like, Dexter, I guess we we thought a lot of things, but I, I think Dexter would never, ever, 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 ever kill Harrison. Right. Harrison and Deb, yeah. he'd never he'd never kill on purpose. So I, I, oh. I don't know. But, but that's not that's not what Mike asked. What Mike asked, would Harrison kill Dexter? Is that what he's wanting? No, I don't know what Harrison wants. Harrison comes off as a teenage prick sometimes. Right. Good. Dad, yeah. come on. It's like he's weird. <laughs> he, he, he's hot and cold. He clearly came yeah. back to connect with his father and he almost cried when his dad rejected him. So if you don't want me, I'll just go. That's my <laughs> that's my Jack Alcott. Um, that was uncanny. Yeah. Yeah. I hope Jack's not listening. <laughs> no, Jack. And I and I, I want to say I love your furry belt. I'm Jet's jealousy because I don't I don't have body hair like chest hair or anything. I want to look like Austin Powers. That's what I would like to do. Um, oh, behave. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, Harrison will be very, you know, he he was like that. But then he'll also, anytime Dexter tries to father him, like, I'm not a kid, Dad. Stop it. Yeah. You know, hey, but here's, here's a thought. Um, Remember Clyde Phillips, when he described the ending of New Blood as going to blow up the Internet. Would internet. one of, would Harrison or Dexter killing the other um, be something that might do that? Obviously not literally blow up the Internet, but cause a kerfuffle amongst Dexter fans. Yes. It would, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so there's a lot of things. Like if Dexter used, played the electric guitar and revived dead Rita, that would also blow up the internet, right? I mean, there's a lot of wild things they could do. Yeah. 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 That was the wildest thing I could think of. That, yeah. That, that would blow up the internet. Yeah. So, Mike, you, you also ask whether Ethan was just a tool for Harrison, suggesting that Harrison was using him from the start with an agenda to attain a specific social position for himself. My gut feeling is that I sense genuine empathy for someone who has been isolated and picked on. I think I talked about this at at length last week. I just don't quite know why he snapped on Ethan this week. 
did Ethan admit that he was planning an attack on school and Harrison quickly saw an opportunity for himself? I don't know. I mean, we've we've talked around this a lot um, in the last hour, haven't we, Travis? I, I guess yeah. there's, there's not much more to say, but we'll we'll see. <laughs> OK, thanks very much, Mike. We'll, we'll move on to an email from Chris in Cincinnati. Chris writes, I'm sure everyone thought this as well, but you didn't have to be Columbo to know that Clancy Brown was up to no good. I was talking to a friend a few weeks ago and she mentioned that she can never trust a character played by Clancy Brown. My response was, yes, even Mr. Krabs from SpongeBob is a bit on the shady side. Yeah. (laughs) I enjoyed this episode. It was good to see some good old fashioned blood spatter evidence again. The only thing that didn't sit right with the true crime podcast fan in me was being expected to believe that Molly Park was a top podcaster. If this was a real podcast, I think I'd be drawn to the Trinity case. But after the little bit Harrison listened to, I'm fairly certain I'd never want to listen to that podcast again. To me, it was like my favourite murder without the charm or George's and Karen's charisma. And I just wasn't buying it as a top podcast. I guess if that's my biggest concern, things are going well this season. So thanks, Chris. Uh, I think I should be careful criticising someone else's podcast. But as this is a fictional one, maybe I'm okay. (laughs) <laughs> We've done that a little bit, haven't we? For me, Clancy Brown will always be Byron Hadley in the Shawshank Redemption, and that's that. <laughs> I, I, again, I, I like I like that we're not alone. At least uh, more than just the two of us think that her podcast was a little weak. Yeah, 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 it's not just us. Okay. We've got a voicemail from Axel, who was was here with me a couple of weeks ago. I'm going to try and play this into the call. So just bear with me a sec. You got it. I got it working when Axel was on, so hopefully I can do it again. Hello, Gareth, and hello, listeners of Dissecting Dexter. This is Axel, and I am leaving you a voicemail message. (laughs) First of all, loving the way the season is going. I think a lot of the things we talked about are kind of coming around. We're learning more. Obviously, the two big things we learned in this last episode are that Harrison is definitely Dexter's son. (laughs) And he does have his dark passenger. And we also learn that our secret killer, our man um, who is what is he kind of poisoning or keeping young women around so he can toy with them and then set them off into the woods to shoot them is in fact Kurt Caldwell as he takes this uh young woman out to uh to the back of the barn (laughs) it looks like but I think that's evidence enough But I do think the other rich guy is involved, too. I still believe that. I think it's more than just him. It seems to be a game. It seems to be more involved. Um, But we'll see more of that. Uh, You know, I liked his little scene with Dexter, too. I think it's safe to say that the reason why he's pretending his son is alive is either because he definitely knows it's Dexter, maybe the cameras or something else. Maybe he has his own cameras or he just doesn't want the cops coming around and looking around too much. And he figures he'll kind of solve this himself. Uh, As far as Harrison goes, the whole thing with him stabbing the kid and all that, I liked it. I thought it was 
really interesting just to kind of know what was going on and watch Harrison through it. I think they definitely choreographed it enough for a viewer of Dexter to know what Harrison was doing and then to have Dexter kind of sleuth it out in his old ways um, was awesome. I love the way he got to look at the board and be old Dexter again. Um, and one of the coolest scenes for me, and I hope probably you talked about it already, is the point at which they talk a little bit. He says, he is my son. And then they cut right to him making the eggs and the bacon, just like in the old intro. And then Harrison eats just like him, like so voraciously, like an animal. Um, I thought that that was great. Uh, I think that's all I got. Thank you. Oh, oh, we also found out a little bit more about Iris. And that was cool, too. And I like the podcast are kind of teaming up. Um, and I really like this because I hope that they're setting us up for more seasons, Gareth. I don't want this to be a one and done season. I want Dexter to continue for 10 more seasons because I love the show. And even if maybe like kind of Dexter goes off and stops killing and Harrison takes over, we see Dexter like, you know, season three or something or four, that'd be fine. I just love the show so much. I hope it continues. And I'm loving this season and I'm loving hearing you talk about it. So thank you for podcasting and everyone should become a patron like myself and the rest of the DVR podcast network. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we want to support you and all your listeners too. So take care and peace out. Thanks, Axel. You are a gentleman, sir. And thanks again for your support and patronage about the sniper killer. I had been convinced Kurt was acting alone, but this week when he was so openly conversing with that girl in the diner, I couldn't understand how he would do that if he intended to abduct her, unless he's been at this for so long he's become overconfident. I'm in a place now where I'm entertaining the idea that this is not a simple case of one man abducting and then murdering young women. Your theory could still be right. <laughs> I'm not discounting it. I don't think Edward Olson is there to simply be a red herring. Travis? All right. I, this podcast is going to be long, so I'll keep this brief. <laughs> but I, we, you and I talked about this. I've busted, I've busted this open. I know what's going on here. You, Gareth, I'll ask you again. You, what do you know about QAnon? We we talked a little bit about this offline, didn't we? Um, uh, they were involved in with, with Donald Trump, weren't they? In um, yeah, they're a bunch sort of Trump part heads. of the incitement. Yeah, yeah. incitement or contributing right. to the assault on the um, the, uh, the Capitol building. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, you know, they got all kinds of wacky beliefs. Um, I've got a QAnon lady down the block. I used to run by her house. One day she stopped me while I was running and she was very friendly and I didn't know she was a nut at the time. So I stopped and I stopped my run to engage with her. And she started talking about Chinese satellites and Jewish conspiracies and all this stuff. And she was like, Donald Trump and Elon Musk, they're going to they're going to get it right. They're going to make sure the world's OK. I was like, Ooh. so I had to change my running route. That's besides the point. One of the things these QAnon nuts believe is uh, in young blood transfusions. They think that the rich elite, in their mind, it's like the liberal Hollywood type. They pick on Hillary Clinton a lot. Like they think the rich elite, like kidnap young children from all over the world, get their 
adrenaline running. There's this stuff, again, I'm not an anatomy guy, but there's something in your blood called like adrenochrome, which is like a side product of adrenaline. And they think that they can keep them forever youthful. They'll, they replace their blood with these young children's blood. And that's the idea is it keeps them youthful. You know, that's the crazy, crazy conspiracy. And I'm thinking that's what's freaking going on here, Gareth. They're old man Olsen. What's his name? Ken Olsen? Edward. Ed, Ken Olsen was, I think, the Cheerios man from season three <laughs> that Dexter <laughs> killed. Um, you, remember, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, uh, Cheerios. Yeah. Yeah. The, so. the, the pedophile. Yeah. yeah. Um, Edward Olsen. Edward Olsen is the crazy billionaire. What's his ass? Uh, Kurt Caldwell. I'm thinking you, you, you think I sound like a nut, but this is it. Uh, he gets it. He, he gets He got that girl's adrenaline all pumping. <laughs> Boom. Shoots her. And then what do we see? We see her, the blood getting drained from her body. Where is that blood going to? I'm thinking he's giving this blood to to billionaire. Another reason to to not like Edward Olson, besides his, you know, climate denying shenanigans. He's replacing his blood with the, these young women's blood. Now, my theory, of course, doesn't answer for the fact that why is it all women? Right. I mean, I, I don't know. I guess biologically it doesn't matter. And maybe can. I mean, Edward's progressive in that sense. Right. Oh, I don't care. Yeah. Men and women, they're all the same. I don't <laughs> care. You know, you'd think he'd want some man's blood, but he'll take a woman's blood. That's fine. It doesn't account for that. It doesn't account for the theory is generally that like the liberal billionaires do this. And Edward Olson doesn't seem like a liberal billionaire. But uh, I think this connects it all. This is the the Kobayashi mug drop at the end of Usual Suspects. This is it, Gareth. I go. <laughs> This is there. It's a, a, a this is getting political this season. Clyde Phillips, he's been reading a lot of John Grisham. He's and watching Aaron Sorkin stuff. He know he's like we're getting political this season on Dexter. Yeah, well, there's that, been some social commentary, isn't there? They've touched on climate change and environmental issues. Yeah, uh, hunting. Um, yeah. So I'm, all let sorts. me know what you so think. So why not? Why not? Yeah. I, I mean, I would throw it. It's, it's a crackpot theory, but you, it, you can see how it could fit. Yes. <laughs> um, let's throw it out to the listeners. What, what do you guys think of, of Travis's theory? Let you, me know. Reach, the sexy reach me on LinkedIn. If, yeah, if you yeah, think I'm LinkedIn. an idiot, reach me on LinkedIn or Gareth, right? I don't care where. <laughs> Let me know if I'm an asshole. You tell me the truth. <laughs> <laughs> and if it comes to pass, then you can come on uh, episode 10 and say, I told you so. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Put me in touch with Scott and I'll 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 tell him that I'll take my congratulations in email form. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, as for Edward Olson, I, a theory I was thinking about earlier was that Olson is is just a B story where at some point he'll get into an argument with Audrey when Harrison is there, yeah. and it gets all heated and maybe he strikes her or something, so Harrison jumps in and kills him. It's easy, that's, that's you know. That's it. But I mean, it's a little dance. Got- Damsel in distressy, <laughs> a little bit, you know, yeah. a woman being used yeah. as a plot device, but whatever, you know. Yeah, it but it's works. a witness. It's a witness kill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Axel mentioned breakfast. Yeah, that that bit amused me. Harrison eating like you're not eating in days, <laughs> just yeah. devouring that thing like like an animal. Yeah, it's, <laughs> a, it's a lot of like front loading of the mouth. Of, mm, really nose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm doing yeah. it. You can't see it, but I'm doing it. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think I think Jack Alcott had studied the the old title sequence pretty well. Yeah. To nail that. <laughs> Thanks, Axel. Bruce Evans has emailed to say, I love this episode. Kurt is officially revealed to be the villain and Harrison is revealed to have a dark passenger. He is very good at hiding it and maybe even even better than his dad. Dexter's reaction at the end when he finds out that his son is like himself was very interesting. Seems like he's actually quite relieved as it's something that he now has in common with his son and connect with him and can connect with him that way. Love the references to season four. And it really does show that John Lithgow's Trinity Killer was the best big bad of the whole series. He was successful in destroying Dexter's life by intentionally killing Rita in front of Harrison, knowing that it will mentally scar the kid forever and that Dexter will have to deal with it down the road. The most interesting thing will be to see if Harrison has any tendencies from Hannah as he was brought up by her. He might be more like Dexter, Hannah, his uncle Brian Moser or even the Trinity killer. So it's a very complicated situation that Dex is in. He'll have to approach his son very carefully and make sure he doesn't stray towards Hannah, Brian or Trinity. It can't be denied that the environment that Harrison was born into has really shaped who he is. Makes you feel really bad for him because it's not his fault. If he grew up with Rita as his mother, he probably would have just been a normal kid. Again, still surprised that there hasn't been a conversation about her yet between Dex and Harrison. Thanks, Bruce. That's a good observation about the long term effect of what Trinity did to Dexter. That uh, effects are still happening now, what, 15 years or so later. Interesting point, too, about how Harrison deals with his darkness bringing back the whole nature versus nurture concept. We saw way back how different Brian and Dexter were. Dexter being raised in a, a loving home while Brian just disappeared into the system with no supported person to guide him. What kind of support Hannah was <laughs> remains to be seen, while Dexter's support is only just beginning now. A big difference is how empathic and sensitive Harrison seems to be, and calm, at least until what happened with Ethan. But then we all have our triggers and, of course, we still have yet to find out exactly what happened with Ethan. I don't know if you've got anything, to say, Travis, or uh, we can move on to the next email. I just like I like the idea potentially of Harrison sort of being like a ticking time bomb or a sleeper cell agent, something right. He Her Trinity let Harrison witness all that as one final some a lingering wound for Dexter to, to tend to even after his wife was murdered. Right. Like. Mm. Yeah, that's that's an interesting idea. I kind of like mm. that. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. and that, that's and, what he was referencing, I think. Yeah, and and more cruelty, more cruelty involved there. It sort of adds layers it on, doesn't it? Trinity was a complex <clears throat> guy because sometimes he would, sometimes he seemed like he hated what he was doing. I'm sorry, I have to do this or whatever, right? But then he'd also take pride in his work. Sometimes he's in the police station and he's very boastful. Like, yeah, check out all everything I've ever <laughs> done. You know? Yeah. So I don't know. And he certainly loved, question mark, children. I don't know if he would purposely try to harm Harrison that way. But who could say what mm. Trinity was in control at, at that time when Trinity yeah. did what he did? He, he may have expected the uh, the jig to be up. Yeah. And his, his, his days were numbered. Yeah. Okay, thanks, Bruce. Uh, on to Matt in Dublin, who writes... First time feedback since the return of our favourite serial killer. I'm sure nobody will remember my handful of feedback emails during season eight. However, having read back through them, I did pitch in my feedback on the finale and I quote, 
possible spin-off could come in the form of an older Harrison who is told by brackets Hannah on her deathbed that his father may still be out there. I await my check from Showtime. Oh. <laughs> Maybe Matt should talk to Axel because obviously Axel has uh, some some ideas of his own for a, a potential spin-off or f- f- ideas for future seasons of Dexter. But uh, yeah, you called it, Matt. He goes on to say, I was half sceptical about how New Blood would go, but also half optimistic given the return of Phillips. After four episodes, I think I'm fairly comfortable saying that this feels like a good show again. I'd sum it up as being a combination of the tension of Dexter having to deal with some scrutiny again, the battles he plays out in his head, and the sense of mystery of where we're going has brought this familiar feeling back for me. Considering we're only really at the end of Act 1 of this season, I really like where the story's going, in particular how Harrison's Dark Passage is being handled. I like that they've left it somewhat vague for now as to whether Harrison wants the good side of him to win out, as he says in his speech, and that everyone bar Dex is treating him as a hero. Despite the conclusions Dexter will no doubt draw, I still think Harrison can be redeemed. He is a really complex character, and I like that they haven't gone for the route of him being a straight-up monster, yet. Even despite his attack on Ethan and his manipulatory lies, I'm convinced by the emotions he displays, particularly in the hospital and in his speech at the gym. He does speak very compellingly about being a victim, which makes me wonder whether he does in fact have some form of code as Dexter suggests. I just can't wait for the inevitable scene where Dexter and Harrison lay it all out on the table. Jack Alcott is doing an incredible job. I just wanted to share one or two general thoughts before signing off. Firstly, I'm positive there's more to Hannah's death than is being shared. While I know cancer can move quickly, surely Hannah would have had time to make some sort of arrangements for Harrison's care between her diagnosis and death. There's definitely more to be revealed generally about the 10 years Harrison has had, and I can't wait to find out. Secondly, I have a feeling the indigenous people are protecting Dexter for avenging the buck's death. I suspect they either have non-thermal footage of those woods or a more conclusive angle of the attack. While I can't think of why they would alert the police to the footage in the first place, this would certainly go some way to explaining Dexter's dance through the woods going unreported. Lastly, I'm hoping there is some bigger purpose to Olsen's character, as I'm sure everyone will agree that if his sole purpose was to throw us off the scent... He didn't do a great job. Thank you, Matt. Okay, so if we're saying that Harrison has a code, that's to pretty much say that he has killed before, isn't it? Why else would he need a code? It was weird to me how he protected the underdog or the victim and then tried to kill him. It seems unplanned to me and that hearing about Rita's murder was the trigger. But what did Ethan say to make Harrison lash out at him? when he'd stuck up for him the week before to the extent of violence on another student. You're suggesting that there's more to what happened with Hannah. It is feeling increasingly likely. And you ask if the Seneca people are protecting Dexter. It's perfectly possible they've seen him on camera before, watching the white buck and knowing that he meant it no harm. Maybe they even saw the respect he showed it just before Matt shot it. If it had been one of the Seneca one of the Seneca men in that moment and not Dexter, it's quite possible that they'd have hit Matt as well. So yes, maybe there is more incriminating footage out there. About the cameras, I got told off on YouTube. <laughs> well, not told off, but uh, someone commented on the YouTube version of the podcast. Uh, Danielle Hernandez 
I'm paraphrasing, but Danielle asked why everyone is getting so hung up on the camera thing last week. She was more interested in the heat showing in Harrison's eyes in the truck at the end when Dexter said he'd be there for him from now on. I replayed the moment and she was right. (laughs) It may have been a simple reflection of the Seneca fire outside, or it may have been a creative choice to imply that there is fire in Harrison wanting some sort of revenge on his absent father. Interesting. And I think it's still quite possible that that could be the end game for this series. Something that we we touched on a few minutes ago. I don't know if you have any thoughts on any of that, Travis. My initial thought was like, that wouldn't reflect well on the Seneca people. Like, I don't know, make them seem like savages if they're willing to cover up a murder. Like they got, right? They got their own laws, right? No, you know, their culture doesn't allow murder either. But I don't know. I guess it's not like everybody in the damn Seneca tribe saw the video and agreed. Yeah, let's protect this guy. Maybe it's just one person who would do that. So I don't know. That was just, <clears throat> that's just where my mind immediately went. I immediately rejected that idea. But now I'm not so sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think they're, they're subject to the same same laws as everybody else, aren't they? Uh, yeah. So. Um, yeah, it's interesting, interesting food for thought. Um, and I, I mentioned Danielle Hernandez there from YouTube. She has actually sent in some voicemail feedback for this week. So we'll Let's hear go. what she has to say. Uh, this came in not long before we started recording, so I've not had a chance to listen through this yet. Right. Uh, so uh, any any reaction afterwards will be <laughs> completely unprepared and natural. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, here we go. <laughs> Hi, Gareth. Danielle Hernandez here. Call me Des. I found you on YouTube and I am really enjoying this season. H for a hero definitely set up a lot of groundwork. Jim and Angela exchange I love yous so casually. (laughs) It makes sense. The only other person he can say it to is a Deb doppelganger. Also, let's talk this attack scene. It's literally theater. It happens on the school stage with decor from the Nutcracker surrounding them. I love these layers of meaning that the show is giving us. So, we know Harrison did the stabbing. I feel bad that it happened to the Ethan kid. Watching the previous episode now, it seems that Harrison took over the role of bully. I know Ethan was fantasizing and had those graphic drawings, but I'm not convinced that he was prepared for that school shooting. They show pictures of the guns confiscated, but they never say they found them at the school. I don't know, maybe we lost a scene due to editing, or maybe Harrison has more monster training than we thought. Meanwhile, Kurt gifts this drone to Harrison and basically turns him into a private spy and then tells him to call him by his name. So now he's getting in and being more fatherly than his own father. Uh Uh-huh, I see you, Kurt. I see what you're doing. But I wonder if this is going to bite him in the end. Like maybe Harrison will end up capturing footage of Kurt luring another woman to his kill cave. And I mean, we all knew it was Kurt. Uh, I mean, spoiler alert for anyone who didn't pay attention. But also, if you go on IMDb, Clancy Brown is listed for 10 episodes. So, I mean, it, it was there. But I have to say, I'm loving this Angela Molly team up. It's reminding me of the show Castle or Murder, She Wrote, where the writer and the cops solve crimes together. Yes. Let's do this. Oh, the show has set up all the players. 
Now next week we are officially in the middle of the season and I'm sure we can expect all hell to break loose. <laughs> Final thoughts? Why did Dexter tell Kurt that he hadn't been in Harrison's life the last 10 years? Dex, baby, honey, sweetie child, I know you've been playing gym for a while, but that was how to give yourself away 101. <laughs> All right, but I have to say, I'm excited that Dex found the straight razor. No matter what Harrison says, he was hiding that weapon, so he clearly doesn't use it for shaving. I wonder if Dexter will pull a, this is me being on your side. Trinity used this. And then Harrison will be all, oh, so you want to talk Trinity? Because I am here for it! <laughs> all right, thanks all. Dez out. Oh my. Thank, thank you very much. That was, How uh, fun! <laughs> yeah. Why am I here? <laughs> I think she needs a podcast of her own. Oh, <laughs> that was great. Thank you ever so much, Des, for sending that in. That was That was brilliant. Uh, lots of lots of quick fire thoughts there. Um, Kurt being did, a surrogate dad for for Harrison, maybe. Harrison wow. goes, well, Kurt cares about his son more than you care about me, Dad. Oh God, I mean that that would be going down the teen angst route that I was hoping to avoid this season. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, I mean, could he be trying to um, get Harrison on side? Did, did we get a sense that, that Kurt was suspicious of Dexter beyond that brief slip up in the conversation? Did, yeah. I don't know. It just felt like he turned up naturally. He seems to be a, a bit of a humanitarian for the town, doesn't he? He's, he's been presented as that, you know, in that in that uh, nighttime search scene where we first where he first turned up and he said, oh, do you remember when I did this for you and I gave this to you and I did yeah. this for you? You know, help me. You know, that, he's, he's clearly a, a man about town and... Um, you know, helps helps people. He gives back to the community. So um, I don't know. I, I I didn't. Could he be trying to get use Harrison as a spy? He will he get Harrison on side. Harriet the spy. No, I mean Harrison the spy. <laughs> that it could work. That that drone was a little weird. I mean, I would, oh my gosh, I don't know if you just heard that. Um, <laughs> I told the boys. I told listening the, live. Yeah, I told the boys. <laughs> quiet. Um, uh, Harrison seemed to uh, he showed an interest in the drone like oh cool drone but I don't know if he would like wanted one you know I don't know whatever that's besides the point it's a what do you give you know what gift do you give the child who stopped a, a major crime you know you know that I don't know I guess a, I guess a drone is appropriate yeah yeah and did I miss th- I must have missed the line. Did Dex say that he's not been in Harrison's life for 10 years? I think he I did. I missed that. Yeah, because he, was, he that... was saying it in reference, like, because Kurt was blaming himself. Man, I fucked my son Matt up. And Dexter was like, well, I didn't really do anything with Harrison. And he turned out OK. Like, he, he was trying to say it in a way that, like, nature versus nurture. Like, you know, some people just have a nature to be one way. And you can't really change that. Because look at Harrison. I could, you know. I didn't have any effect. I wasn't in his life and Harrison's still good. That's yeah. You know what I mean? That was, was what it was in reference to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that line passed me by. I missed that. Okay. Well, thanks. Thanks, Des. That was, uh, that was a hugely enjoyable voicemail. Thank you I very know. much. Um, okay. We've got, we've got a voicemail from Nick, Nick Henderson. Hey Gareth, Nick here. H's for hero was fantastic. 
uh, Molly Park finally got a suitable introduction, and I'm suddenly very interested to see how she impacts the story. Uh, if she hasn't already made the connection between Trinity and Jim, I think she's going to, for sure. But yes, the obvious highlight of the episode was the scene with Deb at the high school theater. It was great to not only see Dex back in the old forensic mode, but to also be playing off of Deb as an instrument to reconstruct a crime scene. Such a creative and fun use of the character once again. It gave me chills when he put the knife in her hand and said, prove it. Everything about the way the scene unfolds is just perfect. The way the imaginary blood spatter fades away, the way the knife teleports back and forth between them as they argue, the way the blood pools at Dexter's feet to fill in that mm. real blood stain at the end was just brilliant. And all in service of this idea that deep down Dexter actually wants his son to be more like him so he, so that he can actually connect with him. And as fucked up as that is, it's kind of the brilliant darkness that I love about this show. And it all culminates at the end, that smile that crept across his face in that final shot. It's sickening, but playful in a way that felt very classic Dexter to me. But now that I've got that out of the way, I want to make a quick rebuttal to one of the more common critiques that I heard from last week. I see a lot of people harping on the camera and the cameras that they had in the woods and how Dexter ran through the woods at night creating that scent trail. Sorry. Um, and on one hand, I get the nitpick. Like I said last week, it's hard to turn that part of your brain off when you're watching a show like this. But in regards to those cameras specifically, I think there's a lot of factors that people are just ignoring here. One, it was immediately established that a positive ID could not be made with those cameras. So the only real danger they pose to him is alerting the authorities to the fact that someone's still out there contaminating their crime scene. Two, they would have no real reason to check those cameras again outside of the day of the original crime against Matt. Um, they're not cameras that are monitored 24-7. I mean, they're wildlife cameras, so I'm not really sure what reason they would have to check them again. Uh, and this is made even less likely when you consider how small the town is and how inexperienced the police force is at investigating a crime like this. And lastly, but most importantly, I think, inaction was just literally not an option at this point. He could either create the false scent trail and risk being seen on the cameras again or be caught the next day. So... I do think a simple acknowledgement of this in voiceover would have gone a long way in making these critiques unnecessary, but they didn't go that route. So here we are. I get it. Um, I also wanted to make one quick observation. Someone last week mentioned something about the kill of the week formula, and it got me thinking because I don't really think the show ever had a kill of the week formula, uh, at least not in the traditional sense. Even in seasons that had higher body counts, he never really killed everyone every episode. It was There was usually like two or three episodes in between actual kills, with a few exceptions. Um, but it got me thinking, like, what form, like, what form is this season going to take, or what is it going to, what is it going to most closely resemble when we have the full picture of this show when it's all said and done? And I think it's actually going to be very similar to season five, uh, with these hunters kind of filling the roles of the Barrel Girls killers, meaning that most of the kills this season are going to involve Dexter offing this group of hunters, like we said, Kurt and maybe Edward Olson, maybe one other person, I'm not sure, like killing them off one by one, um, and that's how it's going to kind of fill out the body count this season. But we still have six episodes to go, and I imagine the body count's going to start racking up as, as we go from this point forward. But anyways, that's just a thought I had, and I wanted to share it. So anyways, that's all I had this week. This has already gone on longer than I, I, I planned to. Again, sorry. Uh, but I can't wait to hear from everyone else, so cheers. Thanks, Nick. That was uh, that, that was good. You You hit the nail on the head with your comments about the high school scene between Deb and Dexter. And I think I said to you on Twitter, I know what your highlight's going to be, because I, I had a feeling it would be the same as mine. <laughs> your, your comments about how 
deep down he wants Harrison to be like him so they can connect. You're so right how screwed up that notion is. <laughs> some some dads bond with their kids over football. I bond with my youngest son, also called Ethan, <laughs> over Star Wars and Marvel. If Dexter got to know Harrison better, he might find out they both love steak and speedboats. Who knows? But bonding over murder? <laughs> like you said, it's that brilliant darkness that we all love about the show. And now it's here in spades, all conspiring me to enjoy New Blood more. About the cameras, should I draw a line in the sand now that we'll not complain about them again <laughs> unless they go, unless they come back later to, to bite Dexter? But you, you make some very reasonable, reasonable points about why it wasn't suicide for Dexter to go back there. The cameras may be motion sensitive, but the Seneca people would see footage, assuming they monitor it regularly, but possibly be quite bemused by what this person's doing, <laughs> laying that scent trail, <laughs> how that would look in, in infrared, I don't know. Anyway, like Des said too, there are far more important things to worry about. <laughs> Travis, any thoughts about any thoughts about Nick's comment? Well, Nick, yeah, Nick just had it right. Uh, a, a, a voiceover line would have gone a long way. It feels like an oversight from last week's episode, even though I said that was the best one. Right? You just have Dexter be like, "Yeah, I got. I figured out where all the cameras are, so me dancing in the woods isn't going to be a problem tonight, or something." Right? That just yeah, it just left me. It leaves the viewer doing more get doing guesswork when I don't think they're intended to do guesswork like that. There's yeah. guesswork as in like who's the killer. Is Harrison lying? That's guesswork that they want. But guesswork as in like, wait, isn't there cameras that startled Dexter now? Yeah. 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 Whatever. Nick, Nick's <laughs> a smart guy. But, you know, I can't argue with him. And indeed. And and yeah. uh, I'll, I'll give him another shout out uh, for his his weekly articles on Dexter Daily. DexterDaily.com, where Nick does a detailed breakdown of uh, of every episode of New Blood. Daily? So That's a lot of work. There. Dexter Daily, yeah. Dexter. There's uh, a news item gets posted daily. That's the uh, that's the gimmick. Um, whether it's well, I don't know how John finds stuff to to fill every day, <laughs> but he does. He does a great job. Definitely worth uh, checking out that website. Uh, thanks, Nick. We've got an email now from Luke Farmer in Essex. He says, uh, oh, and incidentally, he's gone to see, he, he emailed me and said he's gone to see Michael C. Hall tonight with his band in London. Oh, he should <laughs> write back he, about that. Yeah, I said to him, if you get a picture, please share it. Um, yeah, he says it's it's not, the music's not necessarily his cup of tea, but how could he not turn down a chance? It's quite a small venue, so it'll be yeah. good being in the same room as Dexter. Uh, he says... Uh, I love the exchange at the start between Dexter and Harrison where they reminisced about Deb. I'm sure some will feel it is a bit fan servicey, reusing old quotes, but I found, I found it pretty emotional, especially when Dex said she's always in my thoughts. For me, this is exactly how I hope Deb would feature in New Blood. I do not miss demon fingers all in your mouth, Deb. Yeah, same as same as me, Luke. Some of the some of the moments with Deb have been a little bit jarring, but I think I think that's the point, but it doesn't stop me finding it jarring. Uh, Luke goes on to say this episode seemed to move the story along quite a bit and answer a few questions. Yeah, and we, we didn't um, acknowledge the reveal about Iris, did we earlier, Travis? Um, no. Which didn't seem to be a, a big deal in the scheme of things, really. It was just uh, 
I say, yes. yeah. important to Angela. But it's basically um, but what we knew. The big scheme of things. Yeah. Someone, yeah. someone close to her is missing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Luke continues. All signs point towards Harrison being a bit of a mini psychopath, although I'm still not convinced. I wonder if the Trinity podcast had him on edge and he ended up lashing out at Ethan, who did have a genuine plan to gun kids down. Perhaps he was trying to stop a genuine attack whilst letting out some of his darkness at the same time. Either way, he needs a lesson from his dad in cover stories as Dexter quickly debunked his explanation. Yeah, maybe your explanation is is the right one, Luke. Who goes on to say, I, I have to say, I loved how Dexter switched into blood spatter mode. Michael Seahall played it brilliantly with a sinister sort of enjoyment, and it was like having Dexter of old back. I like the moments where Jim is temporarily forgotten. It also looks like Kurt is the shooter. There was no sign of Edward Olsen in this episode, but perhaps again, this is what they want us to think. Could it be that Kurt is Olsen's wingman, collecting victims and bringing them to him? We will see. Overall, another great episode that had me gripped. I'm loving New Blood so far. Just gutted we're almost halfway through. We are, aren't we? Thanks. Thanks, Chris. We are nearly halfway through. Next week will be the halfway point. It seems we've got here quickly, doesn't it? Doesn't seem like two minutes since uh, since we had the premiere. Nah, I don't know. I feel it's been a good time. Right? We should, we've still got six episodes left. We, what do you have? Yeah. Glass half empty? Yeah. Come on now. <laughs> Where it's going to be 2022 yeah. before this is over. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah, we've got. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, lot of water to go under the bridge before then. Yeah, ask me again and on week eight, then I'll probably be like, oh my God, man, I can't believe it. Yeah, two left. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> yeah. You made me compromise everything about myself that I care about. And I hate you for it. I shot the wrong person in that trailer. You're listening to dissecting Dexter. I shot the wrong person in that trailer. Hi, Gareth. Every man has a good side and a bad side. Can you hear that okay? Yes. And you're about to see my bad side. Oops. Only joking. Chris here from Scotland with my episode 4, H is for hero feedback for Dexter New Blood. <clears throat> Just quickly. Overall summary, enjoyed the episode. It seems to be going from strength to strength. A couple of points that I wanted to pick up on and share with yourself and the rest of the listeners. Um, is it conceivable that Molly, having investigated the Trinity Killer case um, in a lot of detail to the point that she had a picture of Rita on her podcast feed, <gasps> could potentially recognise Dexter? <laughs> or is it conceivable that some of her listeners, I think they mentioned in last week's episode, that she has a million followers, and this week I think they mentioned 700,000 amateur detectives, is it conceivable that one of them could recognise Dexter should she post something on Instagram or any of her social media feeds um, when she starts to speak about investigating the missing girls in Iron Heights? Now, I hope that doesn't happen, but I think it possibly could. So Molly is definitely one to watch, and her team up with Angela should be interesting. I heard on the official podcast that they originally filmed the Molly and Angela scene in a bar, but had to change it because of COVID um, regulations. I thought that was quite interesting. I think it maybe would have worked a little bit better in the bar. 
um, a bit more informal, but it will be interesting to see where that goes. We've got confirmation that Iris is, or sorry, was Angela's best friend. So that's definitely going to come back into play as well. Don't want this going very long, as I always say, and end up going long anyway. <laughs> um, we now have question mark um, confirmation of Harrison's own version of his dark passenger. I found it interesting when he was listening to the podcast and he seen the we seen the picture of Arthur Mitchell, the Trinity killer. Surely Harrison cannot remember anything that happened. He, surely he can't remember. He was he was only a baby. I mean, I think he was six months or something. I might be just off. Surely he can't remember. So I'm interested to see where the dark passenger comes from and what his version of his dark passenger is. Um, did he think he was doing something good and stopping um, Ethan um, potentially killing people in the school? Or was this an opportunity for Harrison to act out and potentially kill a victim or take a life? I guess we'll find out in the coming weeks. Again, it seemed to be a week for confirmations. It looks like we have official confirmation that Kurt is the killer. Um, I thought it was really interesting when he was trying to offer the young runaway girl a job. It was almost as if that was his good side trying to take over. But ultimately, in the end, the darkness has taken over him and he took the girl to the isolated area and I'm sure she's going to become one of the victims as well. I'm still not ruling out um, involvement from Edward Olsen or potentially even one of the cops, Logan, or the other cop from um, earlier on in the episodes as well. I think that could potentially be a little bit of a twist. Um, that nobody has seen coming as well. Finally, um, I really enjoyed the Dexter scenes again. I think some incredible acting from both Jennifer Carpenter and Michael C. Hall. You can tell they're really bringing their A game here um, and it's really enjoyable to watch. I think this is the best we could have hoped for with regards to Deb, um, especially after what happened to her character in season eight. I think um, probably in an ideal world we'd have liked her to have been alive, but this is a really interesting take and it's really great having Jennifer Carpenter back. Um, yeah, just sort of I did say finally, but it got me thinking about the 100th episode. And I think um, at the end of season eight, probably none of us would have thought that we would have ever reached 100 episodes. Maybe when we were introduced to Lumberjack Dexter at the end of season eight, we potentially thought we could revisit things again. But I don't think anybody dreamed that we would have a 100th episode like the one that we just had. And I think that made me sort of take um, stock and pause and think, you know, if this is a one and done season, which it very well could be, I think we should just all take a set, step back, relax and just enjoy it for what it is. Because... Um, it could be the end. This could be us. This could be the final few episodes of Dexter coming up and it could be forever this time. So we're entering the halfway point of the season. Um, I hope that we get more, especially after what we've seen this season, but I have my doubts. I think this could possibly be it. And if that's the case, we only have six episodes to go. So hopefully everybody enjoys the rest of the, the season. Um, as always, love the podcast, Gareth. Love listening to your thoughts. I love your interactions with the feedback. And also love listening um, to my fellow listeners as well. It's really great to have different takes on things and definitely opens my eyes to things that I've maybe missed as well. So I will leave you with, I'll see you in another life, brother, and hopefully speak to you again soon. Thanks, Chris. Always good to hear from Chris.
He does, isn't he? He has one of those voices you have to pay attention to. Oh. A hundred. <laughs> he's right. This is yeah. the hundred. Well, technically, right? If, th- if this isn't season nine, this is a limited series event, right? Maybe. Mm. Whatever. We're not buying yeah. that Showtime marketing bullshit. We're not on the take. We're real. <laughs> this is season nine. This yeah. is the hundredth episode. We did it, you guys. Yeah. Congrats. <laughs> Good pointing that out. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I like I like Chris's uh, plea to everybody, perhaps to take a step back and ease off on any nitpicking, because this this could be it. It could be a definitive end, couldn't it? And and that's that, for all we know. So let's uh, just enjoy it. And it's it's been good. It's not like season eight where we think we, we were getting that sense of impending doom, weren't we? Uh, it wasn't it wasn't looking good, and we were thinking this, but this is this is the final season. Surely they've got something awesome. To, to finish up on and i kept saying trust the show trust oh the that show. was your thing yeah <laughs> yeah yeah anyway um chris wants us to be positive so let's be positive um he had the same thought of you as you about molly and Great i think minds, nick think alike. i think nick alluded to that as well i think nick had, had a similar idea um so yeah all, all great minds thinking alike um harrison the, he had some thoughts about that, and, and it, it occurred to me about um, Occam's uh, what's is it Occam's razor that often the the simplest answer is the right yeah. one. So the I'm I'm just yeah. wondering I'm just wondering has Harrison not got a dark passenger at all, and he simply uh, intervened when Ethan was making noises about doing something crazy at school. And Harrison just jumped in and stopped him. And that's it. And he's he's doing like we talked about. He's lying now because it's a bit of self-preservation. He doesn't want to incriminate himself or have people yeah. saying, oh, you knew and you didn't say anything. You saw the, the drawings and you knew he, something wasn't right. You could have said something to a teacher. Um, could it be as simple as that? And Dexter's thinking he's got a dark passenger. And maybe it causes him to um, reveal himself in that way. And... Um, Actually, uh, Harrison's repulsed by it. Could that happen? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I just throw it out there. Um, and Chris also brought up the possibility. Uh, obviously, we, we've, we've talked about Olsen and Caldwell being in on the possibility of them being in on it with these abducted girls. Mm-hmm. And he suggests that other people could be involved as well and brings up uh, Logan. And it's funny he he mentions Logan because I was struck back in episode one how he was so quick to stick up for Matt Caldwell and say what a great guy he is when all that we saw of him was that he was he was a knob, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> he was an absolute douchebag. He was shitty to his friends. He'd let his mate take the fall for something he'd done. Um, he, he went, he'd go crying to daddy to bail him out. He was, he was a, a cock basically, yeah. uh, pardon my French, but um, yeah, Logan was very quick to stick up for him. So I, I don't know why he would do that unless he'd seen a different side um, or whether he was just close to the family. We saw him giving uh, Kurt a big hug, hug this week, didn't we, when he turned up at the police station? It seemed like they were pretty close. I don't know whether it's just it's just being empathic and, you know, good on you, your son's OK kind of thing. Um, and I'm misreading it altogether. Well, Chris but mentioned I, I it know. might be the other pu- cop. 
What? I don't even know his name. Uh, doofy, Teddy. Doofy one. Te- He's doofy even one. got a doofy name. Teddy. Teddy. Maybe yeah. that's the twist. Oh, Teddy's <laughs> in the mastermind. It's Teddy the sniper. Oh, shit. <laughs> that's his he's, act, he's, yeah. He's useless with a drone. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. But maybe he's that, good with a sniper. That's why Kirk Caldwell is trying to recruit Harrison. We need a new drone flyer. We need someone who can fly a drone. Yeah, we need a bigger drone. There we go. <laughs> okay, well, thanks everyone for your feedback. Some great observations and opinions there as always. Uh, and and some new... Uh, we, had, we had a new voice. We had a, um, some old uh, emailers coming back. It's it's great. It's great. Love it. Thank you. It, and it's great when someone has an opposing view. It, it, it forces us to challenge our own ideas. Mine especially. I mean, <laughs> I don't know everything about the show. I just like to talk about it. And if you want to talk about it, you know where to send your comments. How's that for a link? It's uh, dissectingdexter at gmail.com, where you can also send a voice recording like uh, like a few of you did this week. You can also reach out to me on Twitter at dissectdexter or Facebook, facebook.com slash dissectingdexter. Or the YouTube comments, apparently, Des. Or the YouTube comments. And, and Des, of course, uh, as I, I did reply to her on YouTube last week and invited her to email in this week because she had some some good thoughts and uh, as proven by her, her voicemail this week. So hopefully um, she and uh, some of the other contributors will uh, will be back next week with more thoughts on episode five, the halfway point of the season. So I guess we should uh, we should draw a line under this. We've we've gone long. Wow. Oh, I feel I feel <laughs> I, bad for you for having to edit it. I feel bad for your <laughs> listeners for listeners having to listen gone. to it. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the listener numbers will go down this week. <laughs> no, um, well, it's 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 great. And I, I you know, I make no apologies. There's, there's lots to talk about. We have to savour this this series, don't we? It's it's yeah. a treat that we thought we'd never get. And um people are always at liberty to skip forward a bit if we're if we're waffling on. But I I don't think we did. I think we've 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 uh, done the episode justice and and uh, and hit all the all the important points and more yeah <laughs> travis thank you very much for joining me it's been thank a pleasure as always sir thank you you know you don't gotta ask me twice to be on here i love doing it i'm looking forward to you're gonna have other guests uh, on the uh, coming up here so i'm looking forward to hearing them um yeah yep that's the plan that's the yeah. plan yeah so thank you very much travis again and uh thank you to everyone out there for listening and uh, as i say we'll be back together next week to dissect some more Dexter. Until then, stay safe, everybody. Take care. Bye for now.